Hello, and welcome back to K-Drama Rant. My name is Melanie, and I like to rant about K-dramas. Last week, Juan tried to get Tarang to notice him in any way other than him being her boss. She did not do that because all he really did was talk to her about work. So she's mostly confused about his intensity in trying to be around her. So now that he's made her a target at work for her coworkers because they're jealous of all the special interest from him, she wants him to stay away from her. However, that final scene where Sarang was crying over her ex and Juan pulled up to annoy her does have potential. We start off this week's episode, episode 5 of King the Land, with something from last week, so we know we're back in time. Juan is trying to get more info on his mom, who used to be an employee at King Hotel, or King the Land, we don't know. But the records don't exist. The record keeper says that they've digitized all records, but this woman just isn't there. That's suspicious. That's weird. Juan stalks off and finds himself in front of two smiling employees of his who remind him of when his mother left or was removed from him. And his whole life ended up being surrounded by smiling domestic workers in his home. And I'm not going to lie, I did think he was being a big baby about smiling employees. But if while walking through my own home, people stopped to smile and say hello to me, I'd lose my fucking mind. Which is what he's going through. Uh, And that was the first time, it seems, he hallucinated the smiley face masks are absolutely the stuff of nightmares. He leaves this building and arrives at the lookout point where Sarang was having her little crying session. Apparently they both go here to be sad. And we relive what happened last week. She trips on her shoes and he allows her, allows her, he says the word, allows as per the captions i don't actually know what the korean word for allowing is but the captions make it pretty clear he allows her a moment to cry fuck off Juan. but at least he offers to take her home and she refuses and walks away that's a boss ass bitch right there he runs after her and commands her to go inside his car Ew. I mean, at least, like, at a table in there, like, you know, please get in. But he was like, nah, ta, which just means come inside. Or, like, hop on, not come inside. Come inside is a different word. But it's just, like, hop on. Like, no, 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 no. You do not need to be like that. While they're in his car, he asks about her umbrella, and she turns it into a metaphor for letting go. And he correctly infers that she's just talking about her love life. She doesn't confirm this, but he knows he's right. And then she asks him to drop her off at any subway station, but he keeps driving. She manages to fall asleep in his car. And honestly, I'm like, how big is Seoul? Because, like, I'll nod off during a long car ride, but actually fall asleep? So I looked it up, and Seoul is massive. So, yeah, it makes sense that she would fall asleep. (laughs) He makes her super comfy. He, like, I don't know, I think updates the temperature and then like reclines her a little bit. He even whips out a whole ass blanket 
to cover her. I'm like, where did that come from? Do you just have blankets in your cars? I don't know, man. I haven't been in a car regularly in about 10 years, so I don't really know what people keep in their cars. He then pulls up to what honestly seems to me like a makeout spot next to the Han, but they don't do that, so perhaps it is not. And then gifts her a cozy hoodie as well as a skirt. We don't know where these items come from. They're going to a nice restaurant to eat for her birthday as her birthday treat. She changes into the clothing because her other clothing is wet. And he also changes into a matching sweatshirt and sweatpants combo. He's so extra. I love that about him. She tries to tell him to change so that people don't think that they're a couple. But no, he's invested in making them into a couple. And pretending he couldn't care less because he's a child and cannot tell her that he likes her. Lovely. The waitress takes a picture of them, which I found strange. Like, I've never had a waiter do that. So apparently she does it because they're matching and they look a little cute. And I agree with her. They do look a little cute. I'm not going to lie. One pretends that this wasn't his idea and just like rolls with it and tells her to like not worry about it. <laughs> it's a very strange scene. And then we get a montage of him prior to arriving to the restaurant while she's asleep in his car, driving around, finding a fit for her. So like, let me get this straight. He left a sleeping woman alone in his car while he went inside to grab some clothing for her. Like, this feels like his assistant could have done this, like, like Sang-Sik could have been the one employed for this, but I'm not going to question it too much because she's fine, I guess. He measured against himself to see what her size would be. So, like, when he picks up clothing, he just, like, puts it against himself, and he's like, all right, it comes to, like, the the start of my other shoulder so that seems about right and I'm like it has that is cute that is pretty darling that he would notice how she fits into him like how her size compares to his that's that is cute he did a lot of finagling to try to figure out what her shoe size would be but of course he has to pretend it was just a lucky coincidence that he got the right size for her he obviously doesn't tell her this she thinks that he's just like picked up the first thing for the shoes, the skirt, and the hoodie. I don't know why he would do that because I feel like I would appreciate effort more than happenstance, but I don't think this man is really thinking about it like that. He gets basically one of everything at the restaurant, and upon seeing this much food, Sarang is like, how can we eat everything? There's going to be so much waste. And his response is to tell her, to tell him everything that she likes so he can focus on doing the things that she likes and not waste anything moving forward. That's too intense for her. Honestly, that would be a little too intense for me, too. So she offers to pay for dinner and he's like, nah, it's your birthday. I'm paying like to celebrate your birthday. And she explains to him that she doesn't celebrate birthdays because they're always disappointing. And if that didn't reach into my chest, wrench out my heart and cut it into tiny little pieces, like that is exactly how I feel about my birthdays. I haven't had a happy birthday 
in definitely more than a decade. So I cried. I did. And I'm not afraid to admit that, okay? Like, that would have gotten me. Anyway, it's time to pay for food. And the food is about one and a quarter of a million won, which is about $1,000. And that seems reasonable to me for a birthday. And let me explain, because that shit is out of touch as fuck. And like, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. If that's what you're doing for your birthday, going to a really nice restaurant and having some great food of very quality ingredients with exceptional service, that seems fine to me. As long as that's what you're doing, you know, like if that's the thing, that's the only thing you're doing, like you're not expecting presents, you're just getting your meal. It was reasonable. You know what I mean? Obviously, this is only true if you have the financial means to spend that much money on one meal, which is like the part that's less reasonable to spend that much money on one like three to four hour experience. And that does sound fucking insane. Like even if even now, like where I'm at in my life and my career and stuff like that, that's fucking insane. But still, it's just like I've had the opportunity to do something like that once and it was something that mattered to me. and like. It really did leave an impact on me to have that nice highfalutin service. <laughs> I straight up almost cried over a piece of bread at a place like this. So it's worth it to me in a way that spending $1,000 on a gaming console or something just isn't. And this isn't even like a comparable experience because I'm talking about like a really nice tasting menu or something. And this is just kind of like more volume than quality. But still, it does matter to me to be able to eat sustainably sourced meals with fantastic methods of cooking that aren't available to me in my normal, like, home cook kitchen. And I don't really buy things like that. Like, I don't purchase clothing. I don't purchase anything, really. Like, I really only go out for food. And that's like, seldom too. something like this I would have maybe like once every five years you know things like that <laughs> so I know it sounds absurd but if it matters to you and you can save up for it I recommend it anyway she almost passes out at the number and still tries to pay but Juan snags the card away from her and pays they then drive off and he takes her home she goes outside and he whips out a birthday cake two birthday cakes for her birthday. She is balling out. I don't really like cake like that, but I hope she does. She takes this opportunity to show one another window into how the working class have it. A simple favor for a cake for him is a longer day at work for the head chef at his restaurant. So he shouldn't be doing shit like that. He then says he'll take it into account the next time. So he's already planning ahead, baby. He's, he's looking forward. She then tries to walk off, but her ex, who was apparently in the shadows waiting to try to make her feel bad for breaking up with him, walks out. Uh, and he starts making a scene, so she calls the cop, which feels a little hasty to me, but I generally try not to engage with cops, so. He accuses her of cheating on him, which is such a bullshit response, like, bitch, you've been a bad boyfriend. That's it. That's why. Sarang stands strong and walks away, and her ex tries to go after her, but Juan stops him and threatens him with violence. So the ex walks away, but not before he kicks a wall and hurts his foot. It was a little satisfying. 
She then walks inside, opens her cake, and gets triple texted by Juan, who cannot wait for a response, and calls her to let her know it's his number. Then he tells her to call him if something like that happens with her ex again. He tries to play it off as a boss trying to look out for his employee, which is grody. And we should not be talking about that right now, Juan. But we're glossing over that for my own personal enjoyment of this show. And she lights up her candle as he drives away. The next day, Pyongwa's manager walks into their office carrying a cake. There's a lot of cake in the show. And a there's not that much cake of that variety, but there's a lot of like actual pastry cake. She tries to make her employees feel bad for being ranked last in sales. They apologize, but you know, they're flight attendants, not salespeople, so seems reasonable to me that they're not really good at selling. Apparently, Pyonghua is the person in charge of sales. Why? She's a salesperson. Whatever. Next scene, she gives her manager a hot drink, and in return, her manager tells her that all the people with whom she started working talk smack about her behind her back because she hasn't been promoted at this airline, and the only way she'll gain their respect is to get promoted as well. And her manager is so very generous that she's willing to pull some strings for our girl if she increases sales. Back at home, Sarang and Dao watch a scary movie. And when she gets home, Pyeonghwa grabs the fit that Sarang left hanging in the common area casually. So now Dao and Pyeonghwa have to grill her about this. They tell her to get him a present and just date the man since, he, since he's spending so much money. And I'm like, that's not a good reason to date somebody, but okay. Apparently, the fit that he gifted her was a Tom Brown sweatshirt and skirt and i looked it up it's thousands of dollars for merino wool which you know high quality but it's thousands of dollars for aggressively unsustainable fashion it's like actually kind of laughable how terrible they are at sustainability for a luxury brand i guess a lot of luxury brands are unsustainable as fuck because like in order to keep that facade of exclusivity they throw away product instead of making less product, which I find so dumb, so fucking dumb. But whatever, man, that's not my tax bracket. And then the girls take the opportunity to be the ones to sell something to Sarang since they're both trying to up their sales at work. But Sarang decides not to help her friends and locks herself in her room. I don't think I like a lot of these characters. Like, she will get him a gift, but she refuses to help her friends do better at work, even though it's, like, a reasonable gift. Like, they're trying to sell her a wallet and a perfume. Like, those are reasonable gifts to give a man. And you can't help your friends out? All right. (laughs) Later, Juan is in a boardroom with... I'm assuming board members because it's a boardroom uh, as well as his sister and makes the executive decision to not have his King the Land employees be the ones to gift vendors something in order to maintain a good relationship with them or even start up a new relationship with them. 
And his sister does not want that because she wants these vendors to have the best experience. And the best experience is given by the King of the Land staff. But he's like, nah, they're too good for that shit. And he's like, he just like refuses outright and then walks away dramatically as he is wont to do. He does that a lot. He just like walks away. And I'm like, that's such a wealthy person thing to do. Like, you can't just be walking away out of anything unless you have money like that. He ends up in his office where he spends his time looking at the picture the waitress took of them too. Then Sang Shi walks in to tell him to stop fighting with his sister and to let the King the Land employees do the vendor gifting things until he finds the picture that Wan was hiding and starts poking fun at Wan for liking Sarang that much. Um, and then Wan decides once again to physically abuse his employee and hurl him out of his office. Lovely. I sure hope that keeps happening. It brings a smile to my face every time. Then Sarang sends him a text asking him if he's busy, and instead of telling her the truth that he's just, like, available whenever she wants, he decides to play hard to get, and she's like, all right, you're my boss, obviously. You're busy. I'm not even going to do anything about it. And all the while, Juan is like, oh, that's not what I expected you to do. I wanted you to, like, beg for my time. But instead of trying to play it cool, he triple texts her once again and gets too impatient to wait for a response. So he goes to King the Land, where his employee is working, to ask her why she didn't respond. And she's like, I'm at work. Of course I didn't. And then he asks her what the text was about, and she tells him that she wanted to meet him after work. And he's stunned, could not be happier, so he tells her he will give her some of his precious time. Uh, he walks away, and she then talks to her co-workers who are excited that Juan stood up against his sister, and they don't have to do the vendor thing that he got them out of. And when Sarang comes, they expect her to be in trouble with Juan since he's talking to her, but she plays it off, telling them that he was just encouraging her. After work, Juan is sitting in his car, looking kind of creepy, and she leaves the hotel and goes to his car. Instead of letting him get out of the car to accept her gift to him, she tells him to stay inside so that nobody can see them together, which, like, fair enough, he's your boss, and to just accept the gift. She hands him the gift and walks away to not waste any more of his precious time but he gets out of the car and invites her to dinner again this time she's paying so she chooses the restaurant they go to a place where they cook the food in front of you it's full so they have to wait which one is not fond of or used to doing at all and when it's time and when it's their turn they sit down, and he's unimpressed by the people making a fuss over food. Each time he complains, Sanang threatens to leave, and obviously he's like, no, 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 I take it back. She buys them some beers, and he's surprised at how good the beer tastes, so he chugs it. That's not what my reaction would be, but he's just not around. He's just not used to being around people like this, you know? He really has to learn some manners. 
Um, then their dinner show starts, which one again does not really get into until the food is plated. And it's also surprisingly good. He's absolutely mind blown by the egg heart that the chef makes for them as part of the cooking exhibition. It's like a Benihana restaurant. They leave the restaurant and Juan tries to get her to commit to another dinner, but she turns him down because he's her boss and it makes her uncomfortable to have dinner with just him, which like, duh. But he blissfully ignores her and plans out their next outing. It's a cute scene because he's like smiling as he talks about the plans he has. And it's the first time that she's seen him smile. So she's like happy about that. Back at the hotel, his sister, Huaran, I just learned her name. Let's try to see if I can keep it in there. She goes into a room in the hotel and finds her husband, who is there to tell her that he's in love with another woman and is asking for a divorce. This is not the first time he's had an affair. This is not the first time he's claimed to be in love. And she's like, yeah, whatever. You're not going to do that. Like, how long do you think this one will last? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm really in love with her. I'm going to get a divorce. And she's like, all right, we can do that just after my dad announces his successor because I'm not going to go through a media circus before I get my bag. Until then, the facade must stand. So he's like a little upset, but she's like, nah, fuck you. You, you don't get to do my life like that. And I'm like, you know what? Fair enough, dude. Like... <laughs> You've been having affairs and now is the time you're choosing to like divorce her and because of an affair when she's actively trying to become the successor of the king empire. Like fuck out of here. Just wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> she goes to leave and at the door she finds Sumi who is waiting with anniversary gifts for the two of them. That's sad. She got broken up with her during her anniversary. But again, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to stick because it seems like this man has a fickle heart anyway. And next, we see her talking to her dad, who tells her not to make him waste any money trying to hide her husband's affairs. He could not care less that her husband is cheating on her. Like, he's like, this is emotionally fine. This is neutral. Like, just don't make me waste money. And when it's her turn to leave, she tries to bully Juan into folding about letting his employees go to the vendors. And her reasoning for it is that if he thinks that he's just like saving his best employees for the best work, he really shouldn't be thinking like that because employees just want their money and they will do anything for their money. And I'm like, damn, she really is evil. Everyone in this family is so evil, except for Vaughn, I guess, who's just like moderately evil. And then we get what is supposed to be a comedic relief scene, which is actually the perfect recipe for raising my personal blood pressure. The same actress who cost a scene at Sarang's job pulls up to Dal's job and causes another scene there. And I'm sure it's supposed to be a combination of comedy and a sense of comeuppance for the audience but I just hate entitlement like that so much that I just wanted it for it to end as soon as possible I think it's specifically because I know a woman who acts like the woman in the show like she always treats her dog like it's shit don't stink and that everyone just wants to be around her dog and pretends that her dog is a service animal to get it into places and I just like I just oh god I hate entitlement like that and I'm so glad I don't have to be around that woman anymore. So I just wanted I just wanted that scene to end. Sorry that I don't have a lot of information about what just happened. 
Later, Saranga's tasked to call every phone number on a list on her own fucking phone, which is fucking bullshit, to ask those customers to come back to the hotel. Juan finds her doing this and gets angry at her for following orders because in his mind, she's like stooping to this. And I'm like, she's just making some phone calls, guy. Like he can't see his precious Sarang begging people to come back. And he gets angry because he's like, oh, she really is just after money. And I'm like, what? She is going to get a bonus if she increases the sales at the hotel. So like, why wouldn't she do this thing? I don't understand. How is this so below her? Like she's just calling up customers and telling them to come back. That's it. She's not doing anything below anyone's dignity. It's a job. Like calm down. He gets angry at her instead of angry at the people who told her to do something that was not her job. Ugh, I don't like him. He then goes back to his office and concedes to Sang Sheik and his sister, Huaran. He will be folding to his sister, after all, since all employees want his money. He really is so far up his own ass that he can't see that doing your job isn't because money is the most important thing in the world, but rather it's because money is the bare minimum for survival. I'm going to link some studies in the description about how wealth reduces people's capacity for compassion, just so you have that. Um, some leading hypotheses for why that is, is because you can just buy your way out of anything. So you don't have to develop interpersonal relationships, which is what one is doing. And I got that NIH source for you. So this is legit science. This is just surveys. So I don't know, like, I mean, but any like psychology study is like surveys mostly. So. Anyway, it's statistically significant, which is really what matters. <laughs> the manager at the Kingland section of the hotel tells her employees that they have to go to the vendor thing. And they all act really disappointed and start talking smack about Juan when earlier they were praising him. They're like, oh, I knew he was a bad guy all along. I'm like, no, you didn't. Shut up. They choose their assignments and Sarang is tasked with going to the ginseng farmer and ask him to start a business relationship with King Hotel. Sang-shik relays the news to Wan, and Wan gets angry that Sarang now has to take four buses in one day for this one task, and then come to work the next day, like she didn't just have 16 hours of travel. Bitch, you're the one that did this to her. Wan tries to think of what to text her, but he can't bring himself to do it. Because he knows what he did. He knows he's the one responsible. Then we see Sarai making the trek to the ginseng farmer. And she finds that he does not care to receive presents from hotels. Because he's loyal to some other hotel. But she's determined and hikes the mountain to find him. Meanwhile, Juan worries about Sarang's safety in the horrible weather that's coming for her. But good thing she's prepared and wears a hooded raincoat paired with her hand to cover her head. That made a lot of sense to me. One then calls her and tries to order her to climb down the mountain, but she's distracted by some ginseng that she stops to dig up. Couldn't be me to go to the edge of a cliff to dig up some ginseng, but you know what? This isn't a story about me. She puts her phone down on the ground next to the ginseng plant instead of in her pocket for plot reasons. So while she's celebrating that she dug up some ginseng, she falls down a cliff and can't call for help. 
And instead of trying to find a way out of this predicament that she finds herself in, she decides that she'll die from starvation or from the cold instead. At least she has Jin saying that she won't eat, and a man with money who's obsessed with her. He, because he couldn't get a hold of her, apparently requests a search party to happen and flies a helicopter over where she's located and finds her. And when he gets out of the helicopter, he stands on the cliffside with a halo of helicopter light surrounding him. And the episode ends with him jumping off the cliff to be beside her. Girl, this has to be plucked out of some fan fiction on AO3, right? Like, this is what a middle schooler is writing and eating up. Like, a handsome man finds you while you're waiting to die, and he cares not for his own safety as long as you're okay. Like, that shit? Fan fiction. Fan fiction written all over it. I'm not even going to look up what the source material for this show is until the end, because, like, I am certain... I'm certain that this is fan fiction. Like, it has to be. I'm actually... Oh, God, this is so funny. If she was the dubious target of jealousy at work before, she will 100% be bullied mercilessly now. Uh, Until, of course, Juan marries her, and she succeeds Juan's dad in taking over the King Empire. And I'm not going to lie, I'm only slightly joking about that. Like, I think they're trying to make it so that Sarang is the reason that one gets the succession because he can see that Sarang is like actually really good at her job. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see it, but I think that's where the show is going. This is so silly and I love it. Please reach out, as always, to Korean Drama Rants at gmail.com or on Instagram at Korean Drama Rants. Catch y'all next week with episode six of King the Land. Thanks for listening.